episode number 59 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Dade, and my co-host is Les. Tonight, we're talking about our childhood stationery memories, but first, let's talk about what we're consuming. So, um, I'm sitting over here, comfy in my bed. This has become my new recording studio. It's actually quite odd but comfy (laughs) i i think it's just because it's summer and i don't have an air conditioning in the office and it's impossible to cool down before going in there to record so um so i am sitting in bed but i am writing with something this time and that is with a blue pilot better retractable pen it's i picked it up when we were at bob slate um, it's the, we've all had the, they're, they're like an iconic classic. I remember using them in, in high school. They're like hexagonal barreled clear plastic pens with like that, like really hard ribbed, like grip surface. Um, I know if I show you a picture, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll have to make the uh, show picture, a picture of that. Yes, totally. Um, I'm actually working on a review of them i kind of got backlogged with my reviews um i'm not even gonna put anything out about the 10 um i was gonna work on it and then i injured my back at work and then i had to work once i got better i had to work extra hours at work to make up for the missed time and it's just been a really hectic two weeks and so um you know my tldr review of the 10 is they're fine but the splintering wood sucks (laughs) um but i will review this pen because i really really like it so that should be out by the time this this podcast is posted um so i'm writing in a field notes campfire edition i want to finish this book out by filling it i don't like to leave a notebook with empty space so i've had this notebook going since college i found it like i wasn't i've been using it consistently but yeah the i started this notebook on 4 2018 so I will hopefully finish it out soon. Um, so what else? I'm drinking a Coke because that's what was convenient. Um, I'm also reading a book. I've been trying to get back into more analog pursuits, even though I read on a Kindle, which is digital. It's still analog to me because it's paper white. Um, I'm reading a book called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. It's by Lori Gottlieb. Um, she is a therapist, and this book is kind of like a lighter psychology-esque book in the sense that um it's part biography part talking about um her experiences with clients so it's basically two stories going on at once you know she talks about the the client she helps in her private practice but then you know a personal crisis happens and she kind of breaks that down too and kind of talks about dealing with a personal crisis while she's you know helping clients and and how that you know how that works for her and, and how she's made it work. So it's, it's really, really interesting. It's, it's, it's lighter than it sounds. It's funny. Um, you know, so I picked that up. And also on a side note, if those of you that have Kindles, there's been really good promotions lately. Um, I bought this book for full price for $13, but I got a $9 and 74 cent credit for buying this book. There's a bunch of books like that. So you can basically make a chain and get really good, like, new release Kindle books for, like, three bucks. I've been doing it now for, like, a week. Sweet. 
it's it, I don't understand like I'm not complaining but it's just it's a strange promotion like like it's it's really like top level books so yeah so anyhow um what else I'm a, starting the application process for grad school that's been an experience I feel like I'm in college again with the amount of writing I have to do um it's very long essay questions uh, but it is nice to sit down and use my brain in that way. I haven't for a very long time, especially since it's summer and I haven't worked at the college. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to work there. Um, and then in my hobbies, other than stationery, um, a new Tamagotchi has come out in the U.S. Um, this is actually pretty big for us in the Tamagotchi community because, I mean, Tamagotchis have been released in Japan since the 90s like every year or two they release a new one this is the first time in several years that they've released um a tamagotchi here that was released in japan so i'm hoping people buy them because then bandai the company that makes them will do it more because um, i'm tired of translating japanese so uh so i've been having fun with those and i got a new cassette in the mail from my favorite vaporwave artist and when I went to play it, I realized that my Walkman needs repair. So that was disappointing. But Oh, bummer. If anyone has old Walkmans out there, I am down to purchase them or take them off your hands. On a side note. <laughs> but that's it. That was a very long, what am I consuming? But I've been all over the place these past two weeks. So, But what about you, Les? It has also been pretty hectic here. Um, so I am... I think I was back to work the last time we recorded or just getting back to work. I I don't think I realized exactly how sick I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I almost died. <laughs> like, and I say that laughing. It's like very dramatic. Um, I, I, yeah, I just I didn't realize how sick I was. Um, but anyway, so like because I was so sick for like a week and a half um, and then afterwards, like all of the medications I was on, like I just finished the prednisone. I was on prednisone for three weeks, which I have an opposite of, like I don't get the traditional effect of prednisone, which is usually like people get irritable and um, I get a lot of energy and lose weight and I'm not hungry, um, which most people with prednisone, they want to eat all of the time. Um, and crave carbohydrates. I didn't crave anything, but anyway, um, enough on my illness. So, um, I'm, I'm so backed up on all kinds of stuff, um, like around the house and everything. And when I was feeling better and still on prednisone and full of so much energy, I decided to clean the basement. <laughs> and so I've been finding all kinds of like interesting stuff. Like we had, 12 soft-sided coolers who does that apparently we just like would buy another one anytime we found them on clearance or on sale and use them for a while because when we were when we were working at the market because we both used to work at the market um you'd put your lunch in one of those coolers because you didn't always have room in the refrigerator Ah. at work and if oftentimes if you did put things into the refrigerator at work your stuff would get stolen so a lot of the locations where we worked had lockers that you could you know put a six-pack cooler into um so we like i found 
I found 12 of them. Uh, and some of them, like we had, some of them are a little bigger, like we would use them for grocery shopping. So like, you know, that and an ice pack, you put the, you know, chicken and milk in it. Um, but yeah, we would just, I don't know why, but we would end up like putting them down in the basement. And some of them still had like granola bars in them and stuff. Um, so yeah, I found 12 of them. <laughs> And I put them through the washing machine, um, not realizing there were granola bars in them. It it was a mess. It's just such a mess. Um, so then I've been getting really into fermentation. And I've been wanting to do, I've never done my own beer or like all grain beer. I've done beer from a kit before. Um, and I've done wine, like in college, I used to brew all kinds of nasty and some delicious wine. It wasn't all gross, um, but some of it was pretty good. Um, so I've done a lot of like home brewing and I really want to get into doing some small batch beer. Um, so I've been doing a lot of reading about how to brew beer. Um, and I picked up the Noma Guide to Fermentation. And uh, one of our listeners, Hannah, actually sent me the cats is the art of fermentation as a gift. And it's just the combination of those two means you can ferment just about anything. And, you know, I've been fermenting my own sauerkraut for a while. And then I just started a batch of mead. When I go up to Maine, my dad and I are going to make a sour cherry mead together, which is going to be kind of a fun father daughter thing. Cause I remember when I was a kid, I used to help him make blueberry wine. So it's going to be kind of fun. Um, and it's funny because Chris and I don't really drink a lot. Um, we have like the occasional, we'll pick up like a six pack of beer and it'll last us like a month and a half because we just, you know, every now and then we'll be like, huh, a cold beer or a glass of wine would be nice with dinner. Um, but I really like the idea of making my own, uh, mostly because I think I'm just obsessed with fermentation um, and the idea of transforming food from one thing to another thing. It's been something I've been kind of obsessed with for a long time. But um, anyway, if you do have a chance to read either the Noma Guide to Fermentation or the Art of Fermentation, they give you all kinds of different ideas. So like I have sauerkraut fermenting right now and I just, um, I did some lacto fermented carrots, which Christy was like, I think that sounds weird. But I put some of it on ramen noodles with an egg and chicken. And it's just there's something about it that it's like sour and sweet at the same time. It's really kind of interesting. So anyway, um, that's my recent obsession is fermentation and brewing my own alcoholic beverage. Um, and I just finished a bottle of homebrew ginger ale, which is very lightly alcoholic. It has like 0.7% alcohol. And really you just ferment it enough to get carbonation and it has a great bite. Um, it's got like a lot of ginger in it, a little pepper, it's got a lot of like chai spice. Um, but mostly what you taste is the ginger ale. And I'm super happy with how it came out, but I'm going to, I'm going to tweak the recipe and I'm going to make another couple gallons of it because it's just, uh, it's really crisp and refreshing on a hot day. Um, I've also been consuming a lot of YouTube. When I was sick, I was basically laying on the couch watching YouTube because I couldn't keep my eyes open because when I was sitting upright. So I had to lay down to keep my eyes open. 
Um, so I've been watching a lot of YouTube instructional videos. Also on fermentation, there's a um, series of videos called It's Alive with Brad Leone. And he does all kinds of fermentation stuff. And he's hilarious and funny, um, but also very instructional. Some of the stuff um, I don't always agree with, but lots of ideas. Um, and then I really want to make uh, fermented hot pepper sauce. So I've been re watching this guy's channel out of England um, called Chili Chump. And he ferments hot peppers and makes like mini batches of hot sauce. And I really can't wait to try that. Um, so I think, I think I'm going to do like a peach habanero hot sauce that, you know, maybe it'll melt my face off, but we'll see. Um, I'm using a Muji 0.5 gel pen on my crap legal pad. Cause I still, I don't know what I did with the, um, podcasting notebook. I need to just open a crack, open a new, Baron Fig um, notebook and use that as the podcasting notebook instead of this crap paper. But anyway, that's that's it. I rambled for a while, so I'm done. Okay, I think I rambled longer than you, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, fills up space. Uh, so the main topic tonight is childhood stationary memories. Um, this topic was actually inspired by a post in the Erasable group, where someone had posted like old um, business ledgers from a family farm. And it got me thinking about my own past and my own history, like spending lots and lots and lots of time with my grandmother, who was an office manager of a rubber hose manufacturing company. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I spent, I, I can still smell the air in in my mind the it smelled like hose all the time that, like rubbery yeah um so i had such fond memories spending time at the office because she'd you know pick me up from school um i was only about five or six and bring me back to the office because my parents were both working so i would hang out with her until it was time to go home and then just you know other memories of you know early school like you know we've talked about school supplies and that's childhood too but i'm talking early school um basically up to like sixth grade um because i think younger kids use school supplies and, and stationery very differently um mm. in elementary school as they would in you know middle and high school so um so yeah i thought it'd be a, a fun topic just to kind of talk about and reminisce and and you know I don't know, see where it takes us, since that's kind of how we've been going this summer, and just flying by the seat of our pants, and I kind of like it. Yeah, it's been kind of fun. It's been different for us. Right, because usually I, I do some sort of prep work, and I haven't, admittedly, and I think the past couple episodes that we put out have been really good. Um, I was driving, I drove to Cambridge last Monday mm. to get my glasses adjusted, and I never listen to ourselves, because it's weird. <laughs> yep. But I was like, Gina, do you ever listen to our podcast? And she's like, no, I don't do that. You know, <laughs> she's like, I wouldn't understand anything. So I was like, well, I want to see what it sounds like in the car. Because also for volume purposes, you know, like I want to make sure that people are able to enjoy it because I, I listen to it on my laptop. Uh -huh. So, of course, I put it on and um, it sounds great. And my voice doesn't sound weird. Um, 
And of course, last episode in my like, what are you consuming? I made a comment saying something about not knowing how long I've been married to my wife. Oh, she was fine. She laughed about it, too. (laughs) But yeah, I was like, really? So um, but no, I just I don't know. I feel like it's a lot looser. And I, I don't know how much editing you had to do last episode. But the episode before, I didn't really have to do much editing. And that's very freeing, too. I don't, uh, you know, I, I've talked about this before, but I don't do a lot of editing out of things. Uh, like, if there are spots where, like, we have giant gaps or um, we curse or, you know, a car goes by, that I edit out that sort of thing. Um, but very little content unless we, we decide it as we're talking like this, like, oh, that, that can't go in. Um, but... Yeah, I don't I don't do a lot of editing out of things. I usually leave it. Yeah, no, I I like it that way. Um so anyhow, getting back, we're not going to edit this out. Uh, <laughs> getting back to childhood stationary memories. I mean, I could start um since I kind of talked about it a little bit. Um spending time with my grandmother mm. um in her office. I can picture it still. It's it's amazing that I can't remember what I had for dinner 2 days ago. But I can remember everything about being five or six years old in an office. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I constantly like, you know, I didn't have st- there weren't video games or cell phones in 1985. I mean, there were, but not like they are today. No, anyhow. So I, I just played with stuff around the office, and she'd usually set me up at a desk and give me a bunch of stuff to to work with. And I remember um, she used a typewriter. And there was a typewriter at the desk I was sitting at. And so I would constantly be typing. And I remember using, um, they're probably Everhard Faber, those like typewriter eraser pencils with like the fan shaped oh, yeah, yeah, brush yeah. on the end. And like, I remember having tons of those, like I would just like hoard them. And like, I, I didn't even use them. I was just, they were a cool thing for me as a kid. Um, you know, and I remember going to, um, you know, she had the office, but then there was like a storage closet, like any good office has and, and going in there and just all different kinds of paper and, and colored paper. But I think the fondest memory about that part, um, was going with her to, you know, cause e-commerce obviously wasn't a thing. It was easier to go to a stationary store. So we used to go to, um, a stationary store actually, my New Jersey listeners would know um, this, so I'll just identify it. There was a store in Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, that was where I was born, um, for anyone keeping track. Uh, it was called Lazar's, and it was this really cool stationery store that had office stuff, but also had gift stuff. So I remember going there with her, and she always let me pick out one thing that I could have. But it didn't have kids stuff, so... I remember picking out, and I actually ordered them on eBay I, because I had such a fond memory of them. There's these erasers made by a company called Diner or Diener. It's a German company. I don't know if you've heard of these. I haven't. If you saw them, you would you would totally know. Um, they made the erasers. Do you remember in grade school, did you have, like, um school supply store, like, in grade mm, school? Where I grew up, no. Oh. Like... They made a lot of the erasers that I bought there, too, but they were like novelty erasers that were in the shape of things like dinosaurs or the one that is most people remember or um, Clifford, the big red dog. Um, they made an eraser of Clifford um, and it was like 
my prized possession. But I remember picking out a two-pack of dinosaur erasers from, you know, the shelf or whatever. And I legit carried those with me for years, like, in school. Like, you know, I was an only child. What do you want? But um, I recently found them on eBay and I bought them. I didn't care that I spent almost $20 on two erasers. But um, I'll have to post a link. And I want to look into this company a little bit more. But, but yeah, like, I just... I remember the smells and the experience of feeling so grown up um, at that such young age because I was doing grown up things like sitting in an office, typing on a typewriter and going to the store and buying stationery. Like, you know, I, I really wish I could go back and as as the 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 stationary person that I am now and, and remember some of the stuff that I saw, um, you know, but but. I think, believe it or not, that was probably what encouraged me to really enjoy stationery because my grandmother also was very big on like handwriting cards and notes and letters. So for birthdays or any occasion, she she wouldn't just like buy a Hallmark card and like give it to you. She had like her own stationery. She had her own like monogram stationery and she was very particular. And I think that's where I get a lot of that from because... Um, you know, a birthday card was handmade by her. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think those planted the seeds at a very young age and it was sad because she passed away when I was eight. So, you know, I didn't get to enjoy much of that, but I think that was the first time that, that I really got introduced to, to, to stationary stuff. Um, because then in grade school, I mean, I mean, a lot of kids, it's their favorite thing to do, but it was my absolute favorite thing to do every year was to buy new school supplies and to use those school supplies. And I was always so protective of my stuff. Um, and always so critical, even back then when I bought those stupid empire pencils that were kind of extruded, uh, <laughs> uh, they were pastel. I never forget uh, crap, that. Crap. Yeah. So, you know, even, at, even at that young age, you know, um, but I don't know. I don't know about, what about you, Les? Like, do you have any, like, really kind of defining moments of, you know, yeah, experience? Yeah, I, um, one of my earliest memories is probably when I was, like, five or six, and my grandmother would take my, my brother and I, um, so it, well, it must have been maybe even younger than that, because my, my youngest brother wasn't born yet, but she would take my brother and I, um, over to the neighboring town that had, you know, the stores and stuff. Um, and there was a five and dime or we used to, she called it the five and dime. We always called it the five and 10, um, which has since, you know, long gone out of business. And she would buy us like some school supplies. And I remember like the giant stack of pencils and it was those empire pencils that, garbage um but also like you know they were like 10 cents a pack for a dozen and so she would buy you buy us a dollar's worth each so we'd have 10 packs of crappy pencils but i remember at one point she bought me a composition notebook well and i hated it my earliest experiences with composition notebooks were from the five and ten and they were so terrible. But what I hated about them was that they had that super wide ruling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so I hated using it because I, it just like, first off, like we often had to tear things out and turn it in and you couldn't tear anything out of the composition notebook. Um, my grandmother loves composition notebooks, by the way. Um, and so she, she would always buy herself one too. Um, but I just remember hating it and not like I wanted spiral bound. So I ended up, you know, later with my, with my mom going and buying a spiral bound notebook for school. Um, and because those like the composition notebooks seemed old timey, like that's what old people use because I associated it with my grandmother using the composition notebook. And she used like, she kept like a ledger for the farm in terms of like, what money came in, what money was going out. And also in terms of like people working on the farm during the harvest, part of that was, was always, she had a composition notebook that goes back, you know, into probably the sixties or seventies. Cause I know they were there. They bought the farm, I think in the late fifties, um, but they didn't start really doing much in terms of like the blueberry harvest until the 60s or 70s. But yeah, it goes back like that far. But I always associated the composition notebook with old timey, old fuddy duddies uh, until I got older. And then I realized it's a friggin' awesome journal. So that was one of my earliest memories. Um, and it's funny that it's also associated with my grandmother taking me in for 10 cent pencil packs. Um, think about how much like you kill now for a 10 cent pencil pack of a, of a, of a cheap or nice pencil. Oh, I think, um, I got eight cent pencil packs once at, um, Walmart for the penning gear mm -hmm. back when it was casemates. And I bought a bunch of those. I gave away most of them, but, and then I'm trying to think of like stuff when I was like a little older. Oh, there's when I was in high school, after my grandparents retired, mm -hmm. they had a camper. And funny, it's also again with my grandparents, they had a camper and they, they were just going all over the United States. Like that was like what they were doing. They spent the entire winter down South. One of the things they did was they went to Tennessee. They went to go see the Grand Ole Opry, but they also toured one of the Shelbyville, pencil places i think what is that is that musgrave yeah so yeah so they they toured a pencil factory and my grandmother being my grandmother and um very frugal we'll say it in a nice way she's a very frugal woman um bought a giant bag of pencil seconds and brought them back and was like, Hey kids. And you know, I'm at this point, I'm like 16 and I'm like, I'm too cool for this stuff. Right. Um, but I went through that bag and I took all of the raw wood pencils cause they seemed the coolest. And I took a couple, like there were some that were like, they were clearly like screw ups and they looked marbled. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took a couple of those too. And I like, I would kill for those now because I remember like sharpening them up and they had like, soft dark lead inside and i like i used them all through high school like sketching and whatnot but um yeah i was just like too cool to like be like oh yeah pencils awesome um because i was pretending but i remember like they were fatter than usual like they were not completely finished and there were like all kinds of paint screw-ups and um, and my grandmother was like disappointed that all of the, cause we were all teenagers at that point, except for my youngest brother and one of my other cousins. We were like, 
whatever, Graham pencils. But she's like, but you like office supply type things. It's like, eh, I'm too cool for that, Graham. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like other stuff. Um, things are just like popping in my head. This is going to be the most random episode. It really is. Uh, so, so what else? What, what, what's popped into your head as we're talking? Remember those pens where you would, you know, they're both ballpoint click pens where they would have like a, you would turn it on its side and something would slide and reveal something. My grandfather oh, yeah. had one where it of, was of a the naked, naked lady. lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember they were like the thing to have in the eighties for like souvenirs. Cause I remember going to Cincinnati with uh, my parents and um, there was some kind of like riverboat thing and it was a picture of a riverboat on the Ohio river and you would tip the pen and the boat would move back and forth. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those pens, man, I wonder like, I mean, I guess there's, you could buy them, you know, but I'm sure the liquid inside or whatever would be, do you think it was an oil that was inside of those? I don't remember what was in them. I think it was oil and water, wasn't it? I don't know. But like, yeah, I mean, I used to like, you know, I was a kid and I thought I was so like edgy going into my grandpa's you know, looking at the like naked, naked lady. lady yeah like my first experience of pornography oh, oh man oh. i i have a story similar to that in terms of like naked ladies but it was a, a cup oh and you put the ice in it and her clothes disappeared that's really funny and it was like my grandfather had it. it was like hidden in the cabinet. None of us were supposed to like look at it, but we all did because we were kids. I mean, who wouldn't? My and I often like because it's still in the cabinet. Um, so like my my father owns the farm now, but that that cup has never gone away. My father was mortified <laughs> when I was like, it was pretty recently. I went up and I'm like. Well, there are no clean glasses. Guess I'm drinking out of the naked lady cup. <laughs> like, you're not <laughs> supposed to know about that. That's hilarious. And it's it's so old that the um the printing of the uh the lingerie that cover her up is gone. It's like doesn't work anymore. So she's just naked. Oh man. <laughs> are we gonna need to cut this out? <laughs> no, we're not cursing. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, my father, it's like the look on his face is like, what are you, what, what are you drinking out of? I was like, it's the only thing that was clean. Oh man. It's That's like, well, everything's in the dishwasher. You should have grabbed it. It was like, it was there. Um, I did find them. They're called floating pens. Hmm. Does it say what's in them? No, it's like, they're a bunch on eBay. Um, you know, I try to, yeah, a lot of them are like sold as is, um, but it says still works. So. Um, a lot of a lot of train ones. I guess that makes sense. Trains move side yeah. to side. I wonder if you could still if you can still get new versions of them. Oh man, that'd be awesome! Like a custom. <laughs> we could get an RSVP. Right. <laughs> Not a naked lady though. No. no. Oh man. <laughs> oh god, I'm so sorry if we've offended some of. <laughs> Our listeners, but not really. I'm sure they're laughing with us. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still get the occasional um, message on my blog that I shouldn't I shouldn't curse because it's not uh, not becoming for a lady. Clearly, well, they haven't silly. met me. Right? 
Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, no, I remember those float pens because, you know, my grandpa had that naughty one. But then also just, like, it was, I guess they were just kind of, you know, maybe 70s and 80s they were come up with. Um, and every place had them. Um, also those, like, stupid novelty pencils that were, like, they were, like, basically, like, a foot long. Like, you ever go to, like, oh, yeah, yeah, places? Yeah. Like, if they were, I mean, they were usable, they were sharpenable, but, like, mm-hmm. they were just, I used to have a collection of those, too. Or yeah. the bendy pencils. Oh, those are crap. Yeah. I recently, I bought one of those relatively recently at the Portland Museum of Art up in Portland, Maine. Uh-huh. It was, it was a, a terrible experience. I just, ugh, awful. Um, one of the things that I got, so I have family that lives, um, over near the Buffalo region of New York. And I, when I was a teenager, we, we used to go out like every five or six years to visit the family out there. And when I was a teenager, we went to Niagara. There's some pretty hilarious pictures of me in a blue, like, plastic thing um, at Niagara. And one of the things that I purchased uh, while I was there was one of those pencils filled with little rocks. Yes, CW has them now. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh, I might need to I might need to get that. I'm mad that um, I didn't tack it onto my last order. I um I had it up until pretty recently um but the plastic got brittle and broke. So that was pretty sad, but I I kept that. Like I was probably 12, 13 maybe when I bought it and uh yeah, I kept that like with me all the time. I never sharpened it. It's just like I would look at the rocks and it would you could dip them and they would yep. move just a tiny yep. little bit. Yep. And uh I got, you know, I got a little mini deck of cards to go with it. Mm-hmm. And I had the cards like up until very recently and I lost one. But it was my, um, I used to keep that little mini deck of cards with my cribbage board and use the deck of cards to play cribbage. But, you know, I've never played cribbage. It's fun when you remember all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh, actually, like a bunch of my friends play around here and, um, like, it, uh, I think it'd be really fun to like create a North Shore cribbage league and kind of play on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe we should get together at Castle and play cribbage. That would be fun because like I've always wanted to play like a very small footprint type game like with Gina. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we'll find ourselves at like a coffee shop and like you know yeah we're both reading our independent books but like I'd like to interact with someone that I'm sitting across from. You know um, what's a good game for that? What Mancala. Really? Yeah, like I have a fold up Mancala set. Um so does my therapist and actually I saw it s- sitting out one time and she said that sometimes she uses it with like her younger clients. I have actually played Mancala with clients. It's it's an easy game to learn, but it's also there's some strategy to it and once you figure out the strategy, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. So Mancala like because you can get, like, my board is pretty big. Yeah. But you get smaller boards um, that take up less space. But mine fits, it folds in half, and it goes inside a tin. And all the little um, oh. glass beads stay inside it. Um, let me see if I can find one in uh, on Amazon for you so you can see it. 
Interesting. Um, but it's a it's a great little little game because it's it's deceptively simple. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and you think that there's no strategy. It's just sort of like drop this, drop that, drop this, and do that. But there's some strategy to it. Christy and I get pretty competitive about it. Like sometimes <laughs> we'll like um, we'll play it over dinner out on uh-huh. our back porch. But uh, maybe I can bring that too. Like the next time we get together, I, it's it's fun. Mancala is fun. Nice. Um. Sorry, but that was a tangent. Yeah, but it's okay. That's that's what I it's like about good... this. It's a good tangent. Um, I'm trying to think of other like stationary stuff. Um, there was something I was gonna bring up, and it totally just poofed right out of my mind. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, I brought up those horrific, horrible Empire pencils. Yeah. And how you know horrible they were, but the glorious pencils that i i've used um i mean yikes those were those were pretty awesome um considering they were kind of a novelty pencil yeah yeah those were never bad i um i purchased some off of ebay god like last year and i used one pretty extensively and yeah they're super good quality if you can find them um you know i found um, a full pack of them. I think it cost me like $10, which was worth it for the nostalgia. Mm. Um, they're just really hard to come across. Either you find someone who knows what they are and they charge an arm and a leg or you <laughs> yeah. get lucky. Yeah. Like right now there's a four pack for $16, you know? So people, people kind of know what they're, what they're worth. Yeah. So the, um, yikes came out when I like in my later high school year. So like probably when I was a senior, junior or senior. And when I was a sophomore and I've talked about this before, when I was a sophomore, I discovered first off being a green nerd. Um, I got really into being echo conscious because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a dirty hippie. Um, so I was really echo conscious and really into recycling at a really early age. And I discovered those Echo Pencils. God, what were they called? They're like my favorite. Um, of course, I can't put my hands on one right now. The But they were not extruded, but pressed um, wood fiber. Okay. The Echo Rider. The Eberhard Faber oh, Echo yes. Rider. I think you sent me one. Yeah, I've probably given you more than one. Um, I discovered those really early on. But the great thing about them is the core is really dark and a little softer than a usual HB pencil. Um, and they didn't, they, they didn't last very long. They, they were discontinued very, very quickly. Um, but like I got into those really early on. They also had like, they had matching um, paper that went with them that was recycled. It was this pulpy gray paper with green lines. Um, and I bought, a lot of packages of that because it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like into the earth, man. And like my papers recycled, but the bad thing about the paper was it didn't really work really well with the pencils Mm -hmm. because it was so pulpy and fibrous. So the pencils would, would like tear through it too easily. And my teachers all said, you can't, you can't turn 
your work in on that paper if you're writing in pencil because we can't read it because the paper was that dark a gray that pencil didn't show up on it very well so to make the paper work i had to use ballpoint on it so it was like and then i had a i found a refillable i think it was a pentel stainless steel pen at the salvage shop i went to all the time and that had a liquid ink in it and so I couldn't use that on my recycled paper. It was, yeah, I was into, I got into three ring binders my sophomore year of high school with refillable paper. Cause that way I'm not wasting trees on the covers, man. <laughs> like got to think about the earth and tr- cutting down trees. And, um, yeah, I got, I, I was a dork. I went through that phase. Didn't everyone at um, some point? Well, no, that's not true. All right. I just I remember, linked... I wanted to look up the date of this. This is also tangential. Remember when recycling first became a thing and they like, came out with Recycle Pete, like the Ooh. little cartoon character bottle that told you about the codes on the bottom of recycling? No. I was in grade school when recycling like first became important-ish. But yeah, but I never had a proclivity towards earth consciousness. I do a little bit more now, but I don't recycle. Don't tell me that. Um, I would. I do give my hippie heart. I do give if I have cans. I give them to the lady that walks up and down the streets of Holyoke with a shopping cart. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't like. Regina sometimes takes boxes to work to recycle those, so I guess I do in a way. Um, my city has an amazing recycle page. Mm-hmm. So if like you like have cardboard boxes and stuff uh, from moving or whatnot, you list them on this page and usually someone will come and pick them up. All you have to do is throw them out on your front porch or like your front walkway and they'll be gone within a couple of hours. Nice. Someone will want them. Um, there's a there's a woman who has a shed. She brings stuff home from work that can't be recycled easily. So, like, I have a bunch of food grade four gal- gallon buckets mm-hmm. that I just like I use them for fermenting um, and a, like storing food and storing all kinds of things. I also use them for composting, um, and I just I got them for free and like buying fermentation like food grade fermentation buckets is like incredibly expensive if you're not going to a like fermentation a a beer and wine shop um like people pay stupid amounts of money for them but like i just get all that stuff for free from this lady yeah and And, you save hundreds of dollars yeah literally like um like my i bought uh, kombucha jars are like, if you buy them on Amazon, they're 10 bucks a piece. They're like seven bucks if you can find the, a beer and wine shop near you. The one near me, which is, um, actually, let me plug those guys. Those guys are awesome. Beerwine.com, beer, and it's beer-wine.com. The beer and wine hobby shop. They've been open since 1972. But like, I went in thinking I was going to get like dude bro to like, uh, like get talked over, but like, Guys were super nice and helpful and, and not jerks. So That's that was awesome. It was it was refreshing to not have like people treat you like you're stupid. 
when you walk into a place like that. When I mean, I know a little bit about beer. I know more about wine, but I, I digress because I'm talking about fermentation again. I need to start okay. a fermentation podcast. Yeah, uh, you do. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like going in there, like buying a bucket is expensive and like literally could save like hundreds of dollars doing recycle stuff by like just connecting with people mm-hmm. via Facebook and, and like glass jars and things are so much cheaper. But anyway, so more memories have been popping into my brain. <laughs> um, also, I, I, when I was a kid, I was in love with Garfield, the cartoon character, comic <laughs> character. Like my first word was cat. Like it wasn't mom or dad. It was kitty cat. Um, so I was obsessed with cats since I knew what they were. Um, so yeah, I loved Garfield so, so much. And this was when I, you know, a lot of people argue about how old you are when you have your first memory and like, like you shouldn't be able to recall things at, you know, before a certain age, which I think is kind of weird. Mm. Like, I feel like there shouldn't be limits to that. Like I distinctly have remember getting my diaper changed, but I digress a lot on that one. So, um, but no, I remember being in kindergarten and I had these Garfield colored pencils and they were like my prized possession. And I remember bringing them to school and coloring with them. And I went to kindergarten a year before everybody else. So I was four in kindergarten cause I went to private kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can remember when I was four cause I remember also eating chapstick during that time period. <laughs> <laughs> um, strawberry flavored chapstick brand chapstick yeah um nothing happened to me i'm sure things were a little bit easier on the other end but (laughs) things might have just slid on through (laughs) right but uh but no these garfield like and so in the 80s a lot and in the 90s too but more the 80s i really feel that like cartoon characters and comic characters were like you could buy like sets of stationery because i had a garfield stationery set Mm. Where it came in like one pack. So it was like a pencil case, a ruler, a pencil sharpener, eraser, pencils, the whole nine. It was like all ready for school kind of stuff. Um, And those, again, were like my favorite, favorite things to have because I was using stationary stuff. Like I always loved to color. Like that was that was what my parents would do. Like, here's some crayons. Go color, you know, because I didn't have siblings. Mm. Um, So I always have memories. I, I wish I was a better artist. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. Um, one of my earliest memories. Um, so my, when I was a kid, I don't know who collected it, but over the years we had, do you ever have Schwann's ice cream? Yeah. Okay. So we had a Schwann's like five gallon tub, mm-hmm. not five gallon, gallon, gallon tub of ice cream, oh, the plastic buckets. Like, oh, you went all out, but yes, yeah, so no, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. We had one of those. I was thinking five gallon buckets because my mind is still stuck on fermentation. Um, <laughs> because I get obsessed. Um, so okay. we had one of those one gallon ice cream tubs full of broken crayons. Ooh. And I can, uh, I can hear that noise right now, but go ahead. What noise? Uh, no, like of broken crayons oh, in a container. The snap. Yeah. Um, and someone had gone to the trouble of peeling all the paper off of them. Oh, so you couldn't tell all of the colors yeah. all of the time. So sometimes it was just a crapshoot. What was in there? And, um, someone at some point, it might've been my dad got the paper company. Cause up in Maine, there, there used to be, there aren't any more, sadly, lots of paper plants and they would have like the end rolls 
of paper and they would also take some of that paper and make sheets out of it and just give it away. Um, and my father would get those rolls for one of the classes that he taught. They did, he did a production class and so they would make pads of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like, we just had these giant stacks of this really, really wafer thin, like Bible thickness, Bible page thickness paper, mm-hmm. um, in a pad. And it would be like yellow and pink because the ends of the rolls of the paper were colored. So they would know when to stop production when they were cutting it. And we just had these giant, giant stacks and like, they would throw a pad of paper at us and set the bucket of crayons down in the middle of the floor and basically get us drawing and coloring. And basically at that point in our lives, scribbling. Um, and like they, for years, my parents kept some of these pads because we would, we would scribble a page full and then tear off, like flip the page and then do the next page and then the next and the next. And my parents had some really cute, like one of my first drawings of people. Like, and it was the classic head with big giant eyes, scary teeth, and like sticks coming out of the head. Like no torso. No torso, just, just a head with yeah. arms, hands, and like, like the hands are big circles with like, like lines for fingers and the same thing for feet. <laughs> sometimes little children drawings are like scary. Yeah, um, are. but like they kept that like stuff for years. Um, but so that's, that's another like really early memory is like that bucket full of broken crayons and like just scrap crappy paper and just going to town on it. Right. Like not worrying about, uh, point retention yeah, um, or breaking a crayon. Like they're all just, they were all already like screwed up. So right. it didn't, it didn't matter if it was, you know, we broke it again or not. Right. And it was funny, like. When I was in school, um, one of the things like I used to freak out about was breaking my crayons, despite the fact like I had a giant bucket full of already broken crayons at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I used to hate it when my crayons would break. And I was one of those kids that had like really hard and I still even still today I use really, really hard hand pressure. When it comes to writing, I have to like force myself now to like back off and not. Because I write so hard that like I'd be really bad in like hiding my paper trail because I could rip a piece of paper out of a notebook and you could just take a crayon and rub it on the paper and see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. I press so hard. And it also is hard on my hand, too. Yeah, that's um, one of the like it's when I did. Um, NaNoWriMo by hand, I had, it, it was like the most recent flare up of my carpal tunnel and it's never been the same. And part of it was that I was pressing down so hard and I still have to remind myself not to write with a ton of pressure. Yes. I especially do that when I just sharpen a pencil mm. yeah. because yeah. inevitably I'll shatter the point off. Yep. Been there, done that trying to think of like other stuff there's so many things so so many things um i remember 
I was, I was such a delinquent. Um, I remember stealing, um, these pens from my teacher. I have yet to find them. If anyone out there knows what I'm talking about and has them, please. Those two color pens? Yeah. They were, they had a wooden barrel, like a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. And they were My teachers red. had those too. Right. And like, there were no caps or anything on them. It was just a very simple, basic pen. Um, and they were just, the colors were, were really vibrant and I used to always take them. I don't know why. Like Everyone used to. That was, it was just cool. I don't know if those are made anymore. They're not made with the wood barrel. I've seen them like click pen, you know, like, like double ended, you know, pens, but I've yet to find them all my Googling late night, you know, laying in bed at 3am and that memory pops into your head and you have to Google it. No, exactly what you're talking about. Um, for some reason, I think they were Italian, not American. I don't know. I could I could see Eberhard Faber making them, but I know I looked through all their catalogs and no. I just I can't like like I said, it was just it was just a thing. I think they were also highly coveted because it was a teacher thing. Yes. You know, it was like, oh, this is a teacher item. It was like the time when you forgot your textbook and the teacher would let you use the teacher's edition and then ask you not to look in the back for answers. Yep. I remember that or I remember I don't know why they even they make them today too. Those really tiny, small novelty erasers. Um, you actually gave me some recently. I think it was you. Little neon skulls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're cute. I I have a whole little They're unusable. Right. But like yeah, like why even They're like for tiny children hands. Guess yeah. Another tchotchke to have and fight Mm -hmm. over. Uh, I'm uh, like I I just looked it up on Pentrace and they don't have the wooden version. They have like the reusable, refillable versions. Yeah, um, no, the, the but wooden not the was wooden. Because I remember the barrel was silver, like a painted silver. Yeah, yeah, my teachers had those too. It must have been in like the teacher supply catalog of the of the United States in the eighties, uh, right? Yeah, I can't find I can't find any. I remember like um wanting them like and coveting them like the teacher would let us have them once mm-hmm. the red side was dead because they yeah. obviously would use that more yeah it was like a back when times were tougher and we were graded in red yes now it's purple or green or anything but red i still like red i prefer red i i would I like red, but at the writing center, I try to use different colors, depending yeah. on my mood, to liven things up. Yeah, I get that. Um, but no, red is, is iconic. I will be using my new Baron Fig pen when I get back to work. Absolutely. How could you not? The pen's great. I'm, like, excited to give my boss his, because I ordered three. Nice. And one's definitely for him, but the other two, maybe I'll just sit on them and wait someone's gonna have one of these teacher pens some right it's gonna drive me crazy like i said i got into like a googling frenzy one night usually you find like a a at least an image of one right that's what i was looking for i got nothing i remember like i snagged one um when i was a kid and i took it home and i cut it in half so i could see what was inside it that was a mess by the way don't do that (laughs) um and it was the ink was directly inside the wood casing there wasn't there wasn't a plastic thing in there it was like the ink was inside the wood and then the little tips were plugged directly into the wood right 
Yeah. I was unaware. I've never, I never broke one or. Oh yeah. I cut, I, I broke everything. I was going to say, I could picture you a little less being like the type that took stuff apart. Yeah. I, um... I used to take my pens apart cause that's how we used to pass notes. Oh. I used to like roll up a note in a, in a pen. Yeah. We never did that. Um, or I used to do something. I forget how to do it, but you know, those Bic click pens, they were all plastic and it just had three pieces. Yep. We used to make like blow dart shooters with them. Oh somehow. yeah. Spitballs. Well, that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't believe I can't find any teacher pens. None of them are there. Not, I looked on Etsy. I looked on, you know, eBay. I looked on all these places. There's got to be some teachers out there who remember are old enough to have taught us. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's probably 60, 70 year old people. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I just thought I was the coolest kid on the block. I snagged those anytime I could. So do you have anything else, Les? I can't really think of anything. Today has been very random. I like it. I like it. We stuck to our topic. We went down little paths. Um, I think I think our listeners will appreciate it. I think, I don't know, I have feelings about railroading our way through a topic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I want people to listen to us because of stationery, because that's what we are. But I also want people to listen to us because they like hearing us talk. Like, I really think we could just record a conversation of you and I, you know, as long as we're not talking about personal stuff. And people would probably enjoy that, too. <laughs> I would hope so. So, uh, but if you, I have really nothing else to add. Our, our show notes will have a ton of links to all kinds of stuff. I'm, but not to the eighties teacher pen. No, unless I find it by Tuesday night, <laughs> it will not be there. So, but, uh, I can go into the wrap up then. Okay. So I want to take a moment to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website and on Facebook it's really great to see everyone's commentary on, you know, Facebook after we post a new episode link and they listen and come right back and, and tell us what they thought or, you know, interacted with us in, in any sort of way. It's, it's nice to know that we do have listeners that, that care and, and enjoy our words. Um, you know, the best way to let other people know about this little podcast is to share a link to your favorite episode on your social media that could be on Facebook, Twitter, or otherwise. Um, tell people that you like us and tell them why you like us. Um, so you can find us online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. There will also be a link to the Spectrum chat in the show notes if you so desire to go there. Um, you can find me, Dade, at weeklypencil.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The Weekly Pencil. Les, what about you? You can find me at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at ComfortableShoesStudio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original LC Harper. 